Yeah, there has been drama. There has been drama. Uh, so not only uh, well, for, let, let's first of all, shall we? Uh, I'll, I'll get to the drama in a minute. Let's disclose what what happened with episode thirteen. Oh, okay. That's the first thing I was going to say. That wasn't the drama, but I think we we should update people. Uh, what basically happened was is for a moment, and by moment I mean how long? How long was it missing for? Like a, a week? I don't know, like five days. Uh, yeah, something like that. Too long. For, for like liking. five days, Lex's audio from episode 13 was missing. And right as we sat down to record, re-record episode 13, um, we found the audio. And that the episode is out now. I only got it out today. So a week and a day after it was meant to be out because my birthday was over the weekend and I wasn't going to edit uh, I just literally didn't have time, even if I wanted to. That is a lack of dedication, quite frankly. You know what? You know what? Actually, I like. I wanted to. I'm going to write to the board. I actually wanted to. There were times where I was out enjoying myself where I thought I really should be editing <laughs> right now. Um, mm. So it's out today. Um, I'm glad we didn't have to re-record it. And this episode, fingers crossed, it will be a return to form, I hope. I hope so. I did notice that on Overcast, it hasn't messed up our... Uh... Um, the schedule. It is still every other Tuesday, which is nice. I wonder how, I wonder how how infrequent it has to be and how irregular it has to become to change that now. Uh, but fortunately, we haven't messed it up yet. We are still airing every other Tuesday. Oh, I'm using my QC thirty fives at the moment, and it feels weird. I haven't used them in a little while, and I'm having to get used to the sound of my own voice through some noise cancelling headphones, and I don't like it. Really, I I I don't. I don't notice a difference, to be honest. I just sound a bit quieter. Uh, I've taken one ear off at the moment, just so I can sort of adjust a bit. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, of course, should we do a show? Feels like it's been a while. I have some I have some drama first. Oh, <laughs> the drama. oh, right. Yeah, that wasn't the drama. What is the drama? Okay, so I was going to take my iPad downstairs, and I was like, do I keep it in the keyboard or do I take it out naked? I thought if I take it downstairs, I'm just gonna be watching uh watching some some Netflix or something. You know what? I, I can do typing on my iMac tonight. I'm gonna leave the keyboard upstairs. So I go downstairs with my naked iPad. And I'm holding it and I'm like, this thing is beautiful. And then I sort of like yep. I saw it in the mirror and I'm just like holding it from every angle, being like, Imagine in twenty ten tell it going back in time and telling yourself when I first got the iPad because I remember it was so like magical. I'm like, this is what it's gonna look like in nine years. And I was just amazed by its beauty. And I was looking at it at every angle in the mirror. And then I got to one angle. I'm like, hmm, that looks kind of bent. And then I, uh, <laughs> I have a look. And it is indeed rather bent. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Oh, no. I don't care. In fact, I'm so relieved it happened. Because ever since I had it, I've been checking every time it goes in and out of my bag as to whether it's still straight and you know what now it's happened i'm just like hmm look at that and i just got on with my evening the like it's uh it's one of those things i mean if i start to notice it more or it annoys me i'll just try and get it swaps under apple care but the way i see it now is i can treat it like i was treating my 10.5 inch and just sort of enjoy it and when it gets like a nasty chip or something then just find an excuse to try and get it swapped under apple care that's fair enough i'm glad that you sort of reached that level of acceptance that is important i think it's also because it's like a known thing with these and it was just gonna happen sooner or later 
Yeah, mine's okay. I I don't know what's caused it. I assume it's just from being my backpack, and it's the it's own. You can only see it on one side, and it's the side where the hinge of the smart keyboard is. So you wouldn't notice it when it's in the case, and that's why I haven't noticed because I haven't taken it out in ages. So I have no idea when it happened. But if you look at it from the volume button edge, the bit that sits with the the edge of the keyboard, it just looks normal. So I, it could have been there for well weeks, really. I I don't know. I assume it was probably in my backpack from being in my backpack when uh, traveling or being on the airplane, something like that. Hmm. Very interesting. I'll let you see it. I'll send you a picture. It's not like horrific at all, but it's it's noticeable. Like I can see it straight away. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, mine's all right. I think. Good. I kind of don't want to have a look now. Well, it is um, also like two months, two three months younger than mine. So hopefully, yeah. it's it's in intact still. But yeah, I I really couldn't believe how little I cared. I was just like. It was it was genuine relief. Like the thing I'd been. It's good. I'm proud of you. You're making progress. No, it's like the thing I've been fearing has happened, and now I can just sort of move on, <laughs> with a view that I'm gonna eventually replace this. If I haven't done it by the time I stop using it, I will go do it so that when it's in the pristine museum, it is literally pristine, a bit like you did with your series two. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that happened. I guess that's some glorified follow up. From October and bending iPads. <laughs> I suppose it is. Let's do a show. And how do we begin our shows? Uh, do we begin with Blue Ink Fix It these days? Well, yeah, it's after the preamble. I guess that was the preamble. Unless you have something to add to the preamble. Not really. I don't think so. Other than it does feel like a really long time since we've recorded. Uh, it yeah, always feels like If you that, listen though. to episode 13, we keep referencing how... I did. Yeah, it was the twenty thirty first of March, right? It, yeah, it that was, was so yeah. long ago. Yeah, it's because we pre-recorded. This is why it's so annoying. We pre-recorded because we were going away, so we recorded that thing so long ago. It's almost like four week old news, but because we messed up with the audio, it, it came out really, really late. It's. Uh, <sighs> We learned our lessons, though, so you don't need to worry about that in the what? future. No, no, you say that, but I still haven't paid for a call recorder. Uh, I've heard that's what the big boys do. They record the Skype calls, so if all else fails, you've got the Skype audio. This time, I will remember to save the Logic Project. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. You are so lucky you found that. It must have been some sort of temporary save file. Yeah, that's all I can assume. Um... Uh, we'll go into it one day, but yeah, that was such a mess. Okay, um, cool. Bluing fix it. Do you want to start with your foul power? Yeah. You have some news. It's very little. The hard drive arrived. It is a 80 gigabyte Western Digital IDE connection hard drive from like a few years after we were born. Uh, it's 80 gig for a reason. Uh, while my specific, I tried to find a 40 because I, I kind of want to keep them as original as possible. And that's what my flower power shipped with. Uh, but the maximum drive they, they can support is uh, 120, I think. Um, and what it was actually kind of hard to find an, a smaller size because all the ones that are still around are from the end of that, that standard, by which point the, the drives were quite large in size. Still only like 160 max. But I needed to get it down to, yeah, I think it's 120. So I went for an 80. Uh, unfortunately, none of the summer 01 G3s ever came with 80s. They, the max they came with was 60. But 
you're getting picky at that point, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> come. I have two hard drive screws left over from when I saw the other one in the graphite. It needs four. Um, I just haven't got around to IDing the screws and ordering them. I'll do it when I get back from my next trip. Um, and uh, fingers crossed it all goes well and I don't have to deal with uh, any other nasty things inside. Uh, oh, correction, real-time follow-up. The the flower power, because the, they're the early 2001, the max hard drive they actually came with was 40, but they do support larger than that. Uh, wow, they, there was an option for a 10-gig hard drive. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, right? What was the first iPod to come with the 10, 10 gigabyte storage? Probably wasn't that long afterwards, you know. Let me have a look. First iPod to come with 10 gigabytes. Uh, it was the original one, uh, but not when it first shipped. It was March 2002. A little bit after, yeah. That's crazy. Okay, do you want to do your part of Blueing Fix It? Guys, guess what? Lex did his homework. Lex did his homework. I have no idea how well he's done it because I have no idea what he's about to talk about. Uh, but he, he, he's, he's added something to the, the topic list, so he must have done something. Go for it, Lex. I have indeed done something. If you recall from last episode, I do not owe anyone a coffee, um, which is good because I don't like coffee. I don't like buying it. I get the reference because I was up late last night editing that. Yes, and I've actually already listened to it. Uh, I listened to it on my walk today with my dog, um, with Levi. We all know Levi. Um, I love Levi. So I've sort of done half a job. I haven't finished the repair, but I have started it, so I have something to talk about. Um... Similarly, how I was repairing or rather swapping two displays on a 2016 MacBook Pro, uh, both touch bars, I'm now doing the same thing to 2014 and 2013 uh, 13-inch MacBook Airs, uh, which is quite interesting, actually. I'm essentially just doing exactly the same procedure, swapping two displays over, one of which has an internal LCD crack, the other of which is perfectly fine, just the computer bit's dead, um, to get all technical. I have thus far disassembled the uh, one with the internal LCD crack, um, and it was kind of interesting, actually. It was... There's not, there's not much room in there, obviously, because it's a MacBook Air, but compared to the MacBook Pro, because obviously this design is quite old now, um, it's there's almost it feels like there's less room to work in there purely because you're working with uh you know internal architecture that is quite old um so it feels like there's just kind of poor use of space it's almost like if you compare an old iphone to one of the newer ones um Mm -hmm. there are there are just a lot more jam-packed these days uh although there isn't any more space they've just sort of managed to you know stack logic boards etc etc yeah they're literally working upwards now because they've run out of literally surface error yeah and it kind of felt the same with that macbook air um you did have to take a surprising amount out actually so you've got to take one of the fans out on the right hand side and you also have to take out the io board for the magsafe uh which was interesting i wasn't expecting yeah to get to the um the big tall t9 talks yes it's the hinge uh to physically um to undo the hinge you do have to take the io board out which was kind of surprising i wasn't expecting to have to do that i guess it makes sense they're in the exact same place on a MacBook Air. yeah exactly it does um but it just seems kind of more invasive than i assumed it would be 
Um, so obviously you've got um, got to disconnect some cables. There's obviously the camera flex cable, and you've got obviously the antenna coaxes as well, just like you do on obviously you know any any computer, uh, including the MacBook Pros. However, how much can, compared to the MacBook Pros, taking the antennas out of that MacBook Air was a breeze. Absolutely no problem. Um, the MacBook Pro is definitely. I mean, everyone knows this. They're just a lot harder to work on. Um, even though the space is used better, it's utilized better, and it's obviously just you know much newer design. Repairability is so so poor on these new ones, and I think that's really what it what this whole thing sort of uh, hammered home is that even though this is a MacBook Air, which were never particularly repairable anyway, um, it's still better. Uh, granted, you have to take some stuff out, like obviously an I/O board and a whole fan just to take the screen off, but it's a lot better than what you had to do in. Uh, or what you have to do in, in one of the new MacBook Pros. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of all I got to say. No real tips other than um, uh, interesting enough actually. Uh, the one of the um, cables that takes the power from one of the power cables from the battery to the logic board, you can actually take it out entirely. So you can unclip it from both ends, and you're supposed to. Uh, but interesting enough, it does actually fit back around the wrong way somehow. So you can actually, if you take it out and don't pay any particular attention to the way you took it out, if you put it back in the wrong way, your Mac will just not turn on for no reason. It, but it fits. Like, it, the connectors are okay, but it just doesn't work, which is quite interesting. Uh, so that's one thing to watch out for. But that's about it, really. That's Otherwise, it's relatively straightforward. To be honest. <laughs> right? I was like, yeah, go next. Um... Yeah, so if you're doing one of this and you find that your MacBook Air just doesn't randomly turn on, you probably put the cable in the back the wrong way around. Um, yeah, which is kind of amazing that you can actually do that and you wouldn't know until it doesn't turn on. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. Uh, not nearly as fiddly as the uh, as the MacBook Pros are. Nice. I love it. Let us know how that project goes. I expect to follow up. Yeah, hopefully this one actually works. Fingers crossed. It's It's time for a blessing, I think. Time yeah, there's no liquid damage. Doesn't stink of shimay, so that's good. Bro, I just noticed another bit of follow up. Uh, well, not follow up. Blowing fix it follow up, I guess. Last episode, I mentioned that I purchased a great iMac G3. Uh, since then, it has been ages, so I've been able to go on holiday, c- then come back and collect it, turn it on, and have an update on it. Uh, that is how long it's been since we last recorded an episode. Um, and I got it home. It's in pretty good condition. The only annoying thing is the front left bezel around the display. Not in the display itself, not on the surface. There's like this layer of plastic that gives a texture effect and that has a massive crack in it. I don't think the seller was really aware was not meant to be there. Um, but it's it's not so much of a problem. I, I knew it was there when I bought it. Uh, this whole thing was a total risk. I went to turn it on. Nothing. Literally nothing. I was expecting it to at least, I was hoping it would start up and give an error message so I could figure out what it was. Uh, worst case scenario in my head was it starts up then immediately shuts down like I mentioned and then that would be that uh, transformer we were talking about last time. Um, but no, nothing. A brief flicker of light from the power button. Um, and then my dad started playing with it and pushing it and then going faster with it and you, you could sort of get the light to come on the longer you pressed it and you'd hear sort of a like a fan spooling up each time. Uh, so eventually he held it and fiddled with it and he got it on. So this iMac works, which makes the crack a bit more annoying. 
Um, but I am going to be keeping it, clean it up and keep it because it does work. So that is number eight in my collection. Uh, so yeah, I was pleased with that purchase. That's good. Another one to add to the collection. Cool. Shall we do the follow-up? Uh, yeah, let's, let's get to that. What is, I don't understand, your, un- understand the first follow-up point. I'm going to be honest, you're going to have to go with that. <laughs> it's really quick. Last episode, to give some uh, positive vibes after some depressing topics, I mentioned a really cool Instagram account. Uh, I must have been very tired or stupid. Uh, but e- in my even more tired state last night, I was literally nodding off while editing this, um, I realised what the account was called. Uh, I kept saying on the show that it was Film Tour Ismus. <laughs> right? Right? Neither of us clocks, okay? You didn't pick up on it either. <laughs> and I was so tired last night that it made sense. Honestly, I made a comment on the show being like, maybe I'm missing something here. It's Film Tourism US. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm like, what's an ismus? (laughs) (laughs) What is an ismus? But no, it's film tourism US. There we go. Nice. Nice indeed. That is some crucial follow up. Oh, Uh, I guess you could put that down to A being English and B it being midnight. Yep. Uh, I think both equally contribute um yeah like if you, i made that account i'd probably call it film tourism uk like and then i then it would make sense in my head anyway exactly. i thought i'd point that out it's quite funny okay so apple music has come to the amazon echo in the uk at last uh one of the first things we talked about was apple music coming to the echo uh and then we both got echoes and i was disappointed to find it still hadn't come to Echo in the UK, because I've been paying for Prime Music just on the Echo alone, that three ninety nine a month deal they do. But this has happened, so I can cancel uh, my Amazon Music subscription. And I don't know if you've done this, but I can confirm it works well. And funnily enough, today, uh, on the Sonos One, Alexa can now control Apple Music playback, so it basically turns it into a sort of HomePod-like functionality. Nice, that's cool. Um, I haven't done it purely because I don't use it to listen to music, like ever. Yeah, you can choose it um, to be your default, your default uh, source of music as well. So if I say cylinder play this song, it it goes to Apple Music rather than if you don't set it as your default, you have to specifically request it's played for Apple Music. I will get round to it at some point. I just kind of CBA at the moment. I, I I don't I don't really use it a great deal. It sits in my kitchen. It mostly has the radio playing out of it. Um, that's it's been been a thing in my kitchen that the radio is always on, and it has to be the radio. So it just sort of does that. Is it LBC? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Are you is. serious? Yeah. Is yeah. LBC is podcast for old white men. <laughs> yeah, it is. Can we can we get Majid Nawaz on here? Yeah, let's do it. No, I keep trying to impress on my dad that rather than listening to some actual shit on the news or weird old people things listen to find a podcast you like and listen to some positivity yeah i think the thing with lbc it's just kind of like you can just put it on you know and whether you agree or disagree it's funny to it's a podcast it's literally a podcast yeah 
and you don't have to think about it. I think that's 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 the big draw, and 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 uh, that you also get to listen to other people call in who know nothing about anything other than how to shout at people. Okay, no, I, I knew it'd be LBC. What else do you play all day in a kitchen? Yeah, exactly. Like you're not gonna listen to Capital for like a day straight. No, oh, I couldn't do that to myself. <laughs> okay, um, Ming Chi Kuo, our boy Ming, uh, he um. He's revised a few of his predictions, actually. Uh, oh, there's a picture of him. <laughs> That's kind of... Wow, he's younger than I imagined. Have you seen him before? I can't say that I have. No, I'm excited. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. That is a picture of him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of weird. He's a lot cooler than I was expecting as well. Um, anyway, so the topic is... Ming has basically said that the MacBook Pro he said was coming this year is not coming till 2021. That's quite a difference. It Uh, is, isn't it? I don't know how that happened because his sources are all based on supply chain stuff. Do you think they're manufacturing like prototype devices or... And that's what he saw? I don't know. Either that or this is a Intel to ARM switchover um, and the one that he saw was an Intel, and they've scrapped that. This is now ARM, hence the pushback. I just can't... I don't know. Do you think there'll be an an, an ARM chip powering a MacBook Pro in 2021? Who knows? I really don't know. It depends how fast they can develop. I could see it happening. I, I, I don't think it's impossible by any means. Whether it will happen, who knows? Um, I would like... That would, that would be cool. I think that would be certainly progressive. Um, I wouldn't... I, I, if you'd asked me six months ago, or maybe a little bit longer, when I think I, I wouldn't have said as soon as twenty twenty one, but who knows? Um, but having said that, like the iPad Pro processor, the A twelve X is on a par with some of the MacBook Pros. So it is, yeah. If they can get that power to be consistent out of it, then why not put it in a MacBook Pro? Yeah, you know, there's kind of no reason not to. I can't really think of any other reason as to why they would. Um, they, uh, all I could assume is that they, 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 they got to a point where they thought they were relatively along the right lines and then kind of went back to the drawing board a little bit. That could be for a few different reasons. Who knows? Maybe it's a redesigned keyboard, but I don't think that that would take a year and a half uh, to design a keyboard. Um, I would like to think. Who knows? Maybe it's a bigger challenge than we think it is. Um, I would assume that this is this is down to... Either someone got it very wrong for whatever reason, but as you said, it's it's supply chain stuff, which is where it gets it from. So that means you know Apple were or were sort of producing these uh, fifteen to seventeen inch MacBook Pro, whatever that really means, sixteen one inch, whatever. Um, they were producing them in some quantity, or at least getting the parts for them in some quantity. Whether that was again for sort of pre-production internal models, or whether it was for maybe it was just production. I don't think so, but who knows. Um, they must have either gone back to the drawing board, I would imagine. Um, something about it they didn't like. Whether the obvious, I guess the obvious culprits would be keyboards, probably. Uh, maybe, as I said, arm chips. Um, anything else you can think of? No, I think that's kind of everything I, obvious I can think of. I'd say this is more like, they, for whatever reason, they were the supply chain was wrong. Also, like prototype devices or test run devices. I just can't see Apple right now wanting to... Sure, they want to be careful, and I'm sure they're aware of the recent criticism around things and their 
they're trying their best and they've they, sure they may have thought hey this keyboard's still no good let's not release it yet but i feel like they wouldn't want to push it back that far i always thought 2019 sounded a little bit too soon i was always skeptical uh like that would only be three years after the last major redesign 2020 sounds about right for me i kind of agree yeah i feel like 2019 was a bit preemptive but having said that this has probably been the least well-received macbook pro refresh in quite a while Hmm. um so it wouldn't be a surprise if they were to sort of get on that pretty quickly and make some new better ones um but you're right only three years after sort of a, a a pretty big industrial design change for them to have another one and it might not be industrial design change massively um and it is maybe more of a just sort of a, a a refinement rather than anything else um but yeah 2020 sounds more plausible than 2019 2021 as well doesn't it's not too late but you know as i said these these macbook pros aren't yeah 2020 i think would be a good time for them following hopefully mac pro if that comes out the end of the year um, or last quarter. The, uh, the He reckons the 31.6-inch 6K Apple display will still be the second or third quarter of this year. Which is good. That's promising. My understanding was none of the current laptops could power this. So this thing, if the MacBook Pro is not coming out anytime soon, this thing can't really ship until the Mac Pro is ready. Obviously, there could be 2019 MacBook Pros that you sort of forget about, like a, another revision to the current gens, which probably will be, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, I don't see why not. They've seemed pretty consistent about it at the moment. I think the last thing Apple wanted, the reputation of this Mac, is to be a little troubled while also being known as one of those things they don't ever update. That'd be a disaster. Um, so, yeah, maybe... But then would they want to release their fancy units? I mean, they could, in June, at WWDC, say, look, here's the new Mac Pro, here's the display. The Mac Pro is coming later in the year. Uh, but you can buy the display today and you'll be able to use it with our brand new 2019 revision for the MacBook Pro. I could see that happening, but it was not going to debut or have keynote time without the Mac Pro or that new MacBook Pro by its side. You get me? Uh, it might come out completely different time, but it's going to be unveiled with it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, again, if it is sort of using a proprietary connection, which they has been thrown around, um, it'd be interesting to see that maybe they would have to reconsider the port layout on these MacBook Pros. Um, but yeah, all will, will remain to be seen. I personally think it will be done over Thunderbolt 3. Uh, I really, really hope so. We'll have to see. Um, just hopefully it doesn't cause any problems, whichever they decide to go for. Because yeah, I mean, proprietary connections are always an issue. Um, just They're in, just not it's fun. Just, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it just causes unnecessary problems unless they really, really need to be there. Use a universal port type, it's just better. I wonder if they would be willing to rule themselves out of like the PC market with this display. I don't see why they'd have to do that. Apple displays have been good. Let everyone use them. Exactly, and I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. Uh, last week we were talking about how the iPhone XR is the best-selling iPhone in the US, uh, which was a bit of a late topic, but I'm glad we did it because this week it's emerged. The iPhone XR is actually the best-selling smartphone in the UK. I'm not sure if I'm surprised by this or not because we obviously see a lot of people with iPhone XRs. I've seen a few in the wild, but not honestly not that many. I mean, I, it is without a doubt the, the best-selling iPhone this year. Um, 
It is the one that we undoubtedly tell the most of. But you're right, I wouldn't say that I've seen an inordinate amount of, of them around. But I, I, it, it makes sense. I can't, I, can also, I can't also say that I've seen an inordinate amount of Huawei, P, whatever, and, you know, the new Samsungs. I can't say I've seen many of those, if any at all, to be fair. So, it, yeah, I, it, it sounds believable. Um, and as I said, from our experience, obviously, uh, we sell them. Um, they do sell well, and they are very, very popular. Okay. Shall we do some nanotopics? I always love some nanotopics. So this is quite interesting. This is from back again, back in January. We're still clearing out the topic list. Uh, Google is supposedly developing a more secure Face ID style recognition for Android devices. So obviously Google make their vanilla Android. They can integrate features into the OS and then you get smartphone manufacturers come along and implement their own take on things. But Google as Stock Android in its purest form does actually have face recognition, but it's pretty rubbish. In fact, it's literally primitive compared to Face ID. Uh, But based on some code found in Android Q, uh, it sounds like Google are planning on getting their own thing going on here that's a little bit better. My take on this is it probably won't be as advanced as Face ID because, well, at least hardware-wise, because Google can't rely on every phone manufacturer to have the hardware. I'm sure it will be done based on software, but the algorithms and things like that will probably get more advanced and it will get more secure and it will probably um, have a new setup experience where it sounds like it from the code. But yeah, this is this is cool, I guess, but I don't think it's going to rival Face ID. Yeah, I think everything you said is pretty spot on. Uh, at the end of the day, they can't rely on hardware manufacturers to sort of implement this properly. Um, especially with obviously all the Android phones making this push for notchless devices now. You've always got the hole punches, you've got the tiny little teardrop ones, and we're seeing ones now um, with pop-up cameras and flippable cameras and all that stuff that pop up out the back, kind of like a an old-school um, sliding phone. Um, now, clearly, none of those are suitable for you know the level of Face ID, sort of the, the hardware level that obviously iPhones have. Uh, that the not on an iPhone is so big because it needs to be. It's got all the the, the massive sensor arrays under there, um, which are quite extensive, um, which you simply can't fit behind a hole punch or a teardrop notch or, and frankly, having to open your camera and flip your rear camera around to simply unlock your phone. Uh, seems excessive. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be a real game changer. And you're right, yeah, I'm sure the algorithms and will be very good, but it simply just won't have the hardware there, unfortunately. Uh, it won't be able to properly 3D map your face. It's not going to have a dot projector or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so yes, I'm sure it will, will be... I, 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 yeah, I'm glad they're doing it because it's always good. Um, but I, yeah, it, it's not going to be as secure and it won't be as quick and it won't be probably as nice to use. Um, but it will be there by the sounds of it. Yeah, at least it will be an option in the future. Android manufacturers and the market as a whole are, are just are still going for fingerprint recognition more than yeah. facial recognition. And what they're doing is very impressive. Yeah, like the ultrasonic, you know, uh, fingerprint scanners under the screen, they work really well and they're very quick. Um, and they're secure, not as secure as Face ID, but they are good. Um and there's nothing wrong with that. And as I think you've said before, that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if Apple were to sort of implement that in, in future um, in future phones, purely because why not? If you can, you might as well. 
Um, you know, a, a second form of, you know, biometrics is always great. Some people still hate Face ID. Um, and it does happen some if someone wants to use it. Yeah, for some reason. Um, you know, if someone wants to use Touch ID, then, and if it's an option, then why not, I guess, at the end of the day. And as you said, I, you know, I don't think any of us think that it would be Apple admitting defeat or a back step for them because, you know, no skin off their back. Face ID is still a much better system on the whole, I would say. And I know which I prefer using. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it, it's cool that Google go down this 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 sort of line, and this is what they're really good at. They are really good at software. At the end of the day, the, these very clever um, uh, algorithms that they can write. You know, we've seen this obviously with their with their night sight stuff. This is the this is what they're good at, and sort of maximizing their hardware. I would say, um, and, and I'm sure this will probably be not too bad. At least much better than what Android have at the moment in regards to facial recognition, at least. Okay, so voice assistants. Do you love them? Do you hate them? It doesn't matter. They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, try getting away from them. Try getting away from them. Really stagnant at the moment, I'd say. Yeah, there's not a lot going on, really. Everything sort of plateaued a little bit. Uh, but there are there have been some changes behind the scenes. Uh. An Apple executive named uh, Bob. Is it Bob? Is his name Bob? Bill. Bill Stasia? I'm guessing that's pronounced. I'm assuming that's pronunciation. Probably not, so I apologize. But anyway, he's been the Siri lead executive uh, since 2012, which I believe is when the original Siri founders sort of relinquished control um, to Apple. Uh, I will have to look back at that because I haven't looked at the link because it's from February. Uh, da da he was recruited from... Yep, that is actually correct. Uh, lucky guess. He was recruited from Amazon in 2012 to oversee Siri following the departure of the Siri co-founders. Um, and he's left the role. Normally when an Apple executive leaves, I get sad. I know lots of people would be rejoicing at this because they'd probably be t- telling you Siri's rubbish. I, for one, quite like Siri. I think it's overall pr- pretty solid. Uh no worse than most of them to be honest but Siri's been around for eight years I would expect more development and he's he's a name you can point blame to I guess he's he is the lead executive on the Siri team and if anyone's going to take the blame for it not not developing as fast as it should I'd imagine be him so I am excited to see what the future holds for Siri um yeah, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I kind of agree. There's nothing wrong with Siri any more than the others, uh, but you're right. It's it's been around the longest. It has the most pedigree. Uh, yet it doesn't. It isn't head and shoulders above like I would. You would kind of hope it would be at this point. Um, and yeah, I I think it has it has stagnated, um, and where it perhaps shouldn't have done. Um, but it is getting better, I would say, uh, and hopefully this, you know, not, not to bash too much on this guy, I'm sure he cares about it deeply, um, but I'm exciting, quietly confident and, and excited to sort of see where Siri goes from here, for sure. Do you remember that WWDC? I'm going to say it was 2017, it might have been 16, where going into it, we were convinced it would be all about Siri, like all about Siri. Yeah. It was as known. They even as had the waveform and the logo, right? Yeah, it was. It was like how we 
we knew last year was going to be a step back and focus on performance and that was spot on but that was going into it what everyone knew about it and then it turned out to be nothing about Siri I think it got like one mention in like an iOS 11 or 10 feature um I yeah I think it's time like when I was just when you were saying that I was thinking maybe it's time for another big Siri update and I'm like oh wait there never actually was one yeah there's kind of there's kind of never really been one there's just lots of little things that get keep getting bolted on which is fine but we need some more please and then a product like HomePod will come out and have a really natural voice and then that gets brought over to the phone and things like that uh yeah it could be better it could be better um but yeah we've got some more news some less comforting news I love these two topics because that first news should be sad. Someone's left the company. This news, a new creation, should be positive, but they couldn't be more opposite. Turns out, oh no, Facebook are working on a Siri and Alexa competitor. I love the Gizmodo article. The headline is, fair warning, Facebook is reportedly building its own virtual assistant. I mean, to be fair... That is fair warning. I don't want this thing anywhere near me. (laughs) What is it doing? What is it tracking? Are they trying to clone me? Uh, It's just people are scared of what the HomePod's listening to or what Alexa's listening to. I don't give a damn. If any of those is going to be listening, it's probably the Echo. But compared to fate, if I had one of these in my house, I I, I would... (sighs) I don't know what I'd do. I would be convinced just listening to me. <laughs> Have you? Oh my goodness. Absolutely convinced. On the Gizmodo article, it's like filed to, so like the f- article's got like a tag and it's been filed to Mark is listening. <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's no. just not. I, I don't see this. It's like the whole, um, oh, what was it called? That horrible ugly tablet camera thing they made last the year or the year before. The portal. Was that what it was called? I don't know. If, I did that thing remember. ever actually go on sale or has it been pulled already? I feel like it went on sale. I, they definitely had prices. Mm. Um, uh, but it's just like, they need to understand that they have... Oh yeah, no, it's still around. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just, I've just googled Facebook portal and the first article... TechCrunch is Facebook Portal will now surveil your living room for half the price. <laughs> like, it's just kind of a joke, you know. At this point, they are notorious for their laissez-faire approach to privacy, to put it the best way I can. And yet, they keep making these products, these these hardware products, by a company that is a software company. Now, you know, that's obviously number four. Amazon have done a good job of that, um, and as a Google, for the most part. Um, however, they don't have the horrendous reputation that Facebook does yet, anyway. Um, it's just, I, it's ludicrous. I mean, really, does anyone want this in their home? You know, genuinely? I feel like it's a genuine question that, that has to be answered. It's the same with the Facebook portal, and it's, and it's the same with, with this uh, AI assistance. Whether that be packaged in a speaker or whether it be a, a smart assistant on your phone, it's not going anywhere near my phone or going anywhere anywhere in my home frankly it's just uh, i feel like they need to play to their strengths and know, and understand that people don't trust facebook at all you know um but they seem to be unaware of this okay um 
So we have some more information about the iPhone 11. We very briefly touched on that last week. Um, uh, for the first time, I'm saying last week, and it isn't wrong. I hope. I, I really hope. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we had a pretty big news dump of all the stuff that's coming to iPhone 11, or whatever it's called, but we assume the 2019 iPhone will be 11. Um, so, are we in agreement that it's probably going to keep the same industrial design? Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, I think it will be. Um, Rounded um, off edges are here for another year. Yep. So we've last week we talked about the leaked schematic of the iPhone 11 supporting that hideous camera bump concept, um, and then we actually got a part leak in the time since the last episode, which is like the bit part of the rear shell, so you can see the cutout for the Qi coil um, and holes to mount it to the to the enclosure, um, but also a massive cutout for those cameras, just like the schematic. Again, these these quote unquote leaks could be just mock-ups based on the renders or one leak and then someone mocks something up based on it and that's how they get traction but it's the time of year where you start seeing this sort of thing we usually see schematics and part leaks and they usually turn out right so i think this is happening um but what is really interesting uh we 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 have some info that isn't based some new info based on god knows what um but it sounds like this is actually kind of perfect. Both the 10s and the 10s Max replacements, so the two flagship phones, so we'll ignore the 10R for the moment, uh, will both get the triple lens camera. There was talk of it being like how when the 7 Plus got the dual lens um, first, that only the Max replacement would get the, the, the triple camera. But it sounds like both sizes of phones. So fingers crossed, We'll get another year of both models, like the iPad Pro, being the exact same thing, but different sizes. Um, and it also sounds like they're going to get slightly bigger as a result, uh, primarily thicker. Uh, the max replacement will stay at 6.5 inches uh, display, but will get a little thicker. But the, the smaller iPhone is not only getting thicker, it's actually getting bigger. It's going up to a 6.1 inch OLED, the size of the iPhone XR. This, to me, makes perfect sense. And then whether they'll replace the 10R with a 2019 model or just add new colors, who knows? But it'll be an amazing lineup. You'll have a 6.1 LCD, 6.1 OLED, and then if you want to go for a bigger OLED, you have the Max. Uh, whatever takes the 10R point, uh, we'll probably keep the single lens, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I think this is really cool. This is really tidying up the, uh, the, the lineup a little bit. Not that the iPhone lineup needs much tidying, but that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, though, is that uh, kind of the, the 10R, what is or isn't happening with that is kind of, I feel like that's the most interesting thing here, because we've heard some reports saying that the triple camera is coming to the 10R as well, uh, that it isn't just the, the, or the, the, the replacement 10R isn't just the replacement for the 10S and the 10S Max is getting the triple camera. It's also filtering down to the quote-unquote entry-level or budget model, which is kind of interesting. I think that's probably someone seen that the triple lens is destined for the 6.1-inch iPhone, so they assume 10R. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. I would be personally surprised if that is the case, um, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, as you say, these, these kind of do have a hint of credibility to them. It's that time of year again. 
these do seem relatively consistent with what we've seen before. They all kind of seem to be at least singing from the same hymn book, if not the same hymn sheet. Uh, so yeah, I, th I feel like this weird triple uh, tumorous layout thing is probably probably what's going to happen. Uh, which is kind of sad, I think. I'm not sure. It may look really good. I'm not holding out too much hope. Um, but hopefully the camera's good. Wait, if they're going to do this, I hope they put it into the middle, but no leaks have supported that. Yeah, I uh, agree. But yeah, I, I, I also hope the camera's really good. We still don't know what that third lens will be used for. Uh, probably wide angle, like the Galaxy S10. That'd be really cool. I would assume so. That would be, that'd be nifty. I really hope it's not a case of the 7 Plus where they introduce a whole other lens to not do very much. Um, and yeah. then it still hasn't been updated. The telephoto lens is the same. Um, I would hope that this has a new normal lens or what we currently call the wide-angle lens and then have an ultra-wide-angle lens and have a significant upgrade to the telephoto lens. If they're going to do this, I hope they take the opportunity to really up the camera. Maybe go up 16 megapixel or something. I think it'll be a really good camera. Uh, they also really need to like work on that low light. Um, I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things as well, yeah. is that it is starting to lag behind quite a bit, especially with the new P Huawei P30 Pro as well. Um, that thing is looking pretty good. Uh, it was already sort of behind with the whole Google Night Sight stuff, which is software, um, granted, but they, they, yeah, they really need to... I think to up their game on that iPhones are starting to definitely starting to fall behind as far as low light goes. I'd re I'd really like uh, it to be these cameras to be a massive upgrade, um, and then that'd make the phone really exciting for me because it's the single thing I use it the most for. I, it really hit me the other day how awful it is when they keep features for the plus models or the bigger size, because um, it's never ever affected me because I've always wanted the bigger size anyway. But I also want the yeah. features. The idea of having to, like, genuinely really preferring the smaller one, but not being able to get the best camera they offer, it's horrid. Like, awful. Awful customer experience. Yeah, yeah it does kind of suck. Um, but again, I'm in the same situation. I've never been on the bad side of that. I've always wanted the bigger phone for whatever reason. Um, which obviously has always come with the better features, whether that be a slightly better screen, obviously in the plus days, and obviously the camera days as well. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I must admit, I've seen a few renders of these of this this weird triple lens um, uh, layout that seems to be being championed, and I must admit, it I don't like it on the uh, on the industrial design we have at the moment with the with the rounded off edges, but on the squared off edges, it does look much nicer. I bet um, it does. So wait till yeah, 2020 sort of and then we'll get it. the design all a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Maybe 2020 iPhone will actually look quite nice again. Uh, as this year's one looks like it's going to look abysmal, unfortunately. It, to me, it's... I can already see it in public. It's just like the 7 again. You'll see someone using it and you'll think, Oh, look, that camera's huge. It's a 7. It's... Yeah. I yeah. can see it. This is definitely going to be a repeat of 2016, I think, this year. We're well into three-year cycles now. Um, yeah, I think so. Somewhat, I'm excited by that because the launch of the seven was one of the most exciting for me. Don't know why, um, but I really enjoyed that launch. Okay, let's move on to another flagship smartphone uh, where things aren't looking too rosy. 
Uh, the Samsung Galaxy Fold unveiled back in February, I think. Uh, the press got their hands on them the other day, and it's scheduled to ship at the end of this month, I believe. 48 hours later, it's weird how this has taken 48 hours, but it's happened to everyone, and that's not very long, especially for a $2,000 oh, phone. Oh, Samsung. The displays are failing very badly, like severe catastrophic failure. So lots of people, including Mark Gurman, have shown off their unit, which basically one half of the screen goes black, one half goes white, and then they completely die. <laughs> Dieter Bond's one got some dust trapped under it, which he speculates came in through the, through the hinge, and then that created a bump in the OLED, which damaged the colours on the display and things like that. And then the best part is there's this protective film to the display that pretty much everyone who got one of these has removed, um, including um, German and MKBHD. And Samsung have told them since, saying, no, that needs to stay on. But there's nowhere that says it's not just like another piece of packaging. Wow, what a disaster. This <laughs> thing is not going to ship at the end of this month. It's, yeah. Uh, you, know, you know what this is? I, we've spoken about it, this, this, this whole type of thing before. It is Samsung just needing to do it first. But it isn't ready. Like at, they, at all, it is. This is a. This is an unfinished product. You know, it's kind of like um. We well, we it, already it, knew It's that. like the whole. Yeah, but we but assumed it's, it's really just bad, a, Jack. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. It, it's I, not I even like it's, it's not even like a, a clunky Gen One. Yeah, this that's is, what I'm trying to broken. say. It's just straight up doesn't <laughs> like, work. It's not a. Cl- it looks yeah. like a clunky Gen One that they've actually made look nicer than I was expecting. It was gonna as a Gen One product, but it's. But it just doesn't broken. function as a phone. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous, I and I would imagine all of these effect. people that have this phone, yeah, it, all of these people that have have these phones, they are they are tech journalists. They care about their tech. They aren't mistreating them. You know, it, it, it's it's not like and the fact that almost you know so many people have come out and be like, yeah, this is my problem. This is my problem. But the thing is, it's not like they're all exactly the same problem. Obviously, they they are all display related, um, but. They, it's not like they're all exhibiting the exact same issue. If you scroll down this Mac Rumors article, there are uh, what three different pictures of uh, of these Samsung Galaxy Folds, all with different problems. Like it's not like it's just uh, confined to one issue with these displays that happens. There are three different problems with the displays. You know, these displays are just, they're just not ready um, at all, and it's just it's just Samsung. Really, in a nutshell, all over again. Oh, Samsung. Yep. This this is a very promising technology, um, and we're very clearly very close. But the whole product still looks like a like a beta unit, a demo unit, a, a test unit. It's it's just not ready. It's just not ready. Um, it's to me, it's surprising how they. Maybe it's just an issue with the production version. Maybe they never ran into this with prototypes because it can't have been hard to discover. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a strange thing, and uh, I'm 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 kind of feeling a little smug about it because it's it's Samsung rushing, as you say. But at the same time, it's kind of disappointing. I thought this was a thing that's here and now, um, but it, but it, but it's not. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to going and see foldable phones in shops and things like that. But well, yeah, I think we've just got to wait for uh. Um, Huawei's offering and just see how that is. I think if it suffers from the same problems, 
um, if it is better, more reliable. But given that how broken this is, obviously, you know, Samsung have a history of this, and I, but I can't imagine Huawei are this, you know, that far beyond that theirs will be perfect with, with, with no issue. Um, I'm sure they will have problems. Um, I'm not sure when the Matex is due out. But I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, I don't expect it to be perfect. But no, we'll see. I'm yeah, I, I think it it is promising and I and I like to see when I would I would like to see when they are coming out. Um, you know, when we do get a bit more mainstream. Um but it's just I think the fact that either Something obviously happened here. Um, either, as you say, they just weren't picked up in um, obviously pre-production models because this is a, maybe a production issue, um, which isn't any more excusable. But obviously, the worst case scenario here is that they knew that these had these had issues. Um, yet, you know, the the person that that knew all of this didn't wasn't listened to, wasn't either given given the space to be like, yeah, no, we can't ship this. Because they shouldn't have shipped this. If they knew that this was a problem, they just shouldn't have shipped it at the end of the day. Um, and they have shipped it. Whether that is due sort of negligence, um, because they just haven't, you know, realized that they do have problems, or the fact that it's, you know, well within knowledge that they do have problems, but they've shipped them anyway, uh, which is worse, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully this technology gets better, but it isn't really a uh, a promising promising look uh, the, the the first sort of um pioneer isn't doing so great unfortunately okay let's talk about the uh go away java i don't want an update let's talk about the whole drama that unfolded last night um qualcomm and apple out of the blue very unexpectedly set uh settled their differences uh they uh they're, they're buddies now they reach they reach a settlement. They're dropping all court cases, um, and Apple have announced they'll be using their 5G modem starting in 2020. Following that, uh, Intel basically said, "Nah, we're uh, we're leaving the smartphone 5G smartphone modem business." And Huawei had said earlier yesterday that Apple hadn't taken them up on their offer for Huawei supplying them with 5G modems. Unsurprisingly, uh, so. Yeah, what the hell went on here? I mean, they've been at each other for years now. Um, the iPhones currently use Intel 4G modems. There were reports that Intel were going to miss the 2020 date for 5G iPhone modems, and Apple were pretty much done with them. Uh, and as soon as Apple get another partner, Intel are like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna ship these at all. Even these products we've been working on, we're not gonna ship them at all." Yeah, it's kind of. It's interesting. I'm curious as to how much money has shifted hands. I bet it is an inordinate amount um, to settle all of these court cases, or whether it is the promise of money and the promise of obviously business, Apple's business, which if you get Apple's business, that's good for your business. Um, uh, yeah, I would imagine this has probably been a long time in the making under the scenes, and it's just sort of all all, all come out at once to the general public. Um, it, it's quite interesting I, the fact that Intel's just been like, nah, not anymore. That's it. We're done. Uh, over over overnight, pretty much. This um, doesn't bode well for Intel's future relationship with Apple in other areas, say in Mac notebooks or. Imagine that. Um, 
to be honest, Intel, I mean, we've been talking, we've talked about it before. Intel are not really doing so great anywhere, kind of. Not as far as chip development goes. They're behind, you know, I mean, we've had stories of Macs for years and years now that have been constantly, you know, held back by just, you know, um, slow, by Intel. You know, that's the crux of it here. If Apple didn't have a 5G phone out and it was because of Intel, I hate to think how much money they gave. Qualcomm, but as we were saying earlier in person, Apple didn't really have much choice. You either use Huawei and get a, and get a reputation that oh, all the iPhones are spying on you, uh, or you uh, yeah, you you wait for Intel probably never to show up, or you give Qualcomm some money, or or you bury the hatchet with your worst enemy. <laughs> you bury the hatchet temporarily to buy time over until you have your own 5G modem in 2022. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's just an option you could take. What would I know? Um, yeah. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, I'm not sure whether in late 2020 we'll be using 5G in a mainstream way, but it's cool that the iPhone will have it at a reasonably current rate rather than being really late. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the infrastructure is, for most places just isn't there for 5G. It isn't important yet, um, and it won't be for a good few years. Uh, once it is important, though, it will become important, and if you, you need, you'll probably need to have it, you know, just and all phones. But I don't think the time frame here is really worrying. I don't think we need to worry about iPhones not having 5G when they should. By the time they should have them, they will have them, I think, at the end of the day. You know, I think we'll be fine. Unlike uh, foldable iPhones, they'll happen. They're not going to happen just on day one and then break. They're going to they're gonna just take their time. They'll happen when they will they take their time. Yeah. Even longer now. Even longer. I'm sure we'll, we, I'll be using an ARM MacBook Pro before I'm using a foldable iPhone. Speaking of ARM chips, uh, it sounds like the A14, so due in the 2020 iPhone alongside these 5G Qualcomm chips, uh, will make the move to 5 nanometer technology. Uh, so they're going to be getting even smaller um, and more efficient and, yeah, uh, faster and all that, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, the current chips are 7 nanometer, I believe. They are indeed. I don't know when they moved this, down the to The A12 that. is the first. A12 was, was the first. What was the... So yeah. the A11 was 10, A10 Fusion was 16. Yeah. It's... They're pretty much on track, to be honest. It's not a big surprise. Um, they're... You've obviously got... So chip development's kind of starting to slow down a little bit, starting to plateau. Um, I don't know if you're aware of Moore's Law, which essentially yeah. states that... Yeah, so obviously the number of um, obviously transistors in, in a chip needs to pretty much double every two years. That isn't really happening anymore. It's like more like 1.5, yeah, 1.7. Um, it is kind of outdated these days. Yeah. It is. Um, it was doing well in the 70s, but the 70s was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, 7 nanometers is kind of an interesting one because it's not mass market yet and lots of uh, silicon companies are actually still sticking to 10 nanometers. Um, just because the benefits kind of aren't—they are there. They're certainly tangible, but obviously, depending on what you're doing with the chip, at the end of the day, um, I'm sure five nanometers will be cool, um, and it will be one of those things that uh, TSMC can be like, "Yeah, we've got the first five nanometer chip. Look at us, great." Um, I don't think there's really much more to it than that, to be honest with you. That means for me, as these chips get smaller and I rip them out of iPhones, I've got less of a thing to show off. <laughs> that is true 
but less is more. You you, right. you may have less to show, but you have more transistors. If you just like arrange them in order of transistors, you know. The ASM Fusion is the newest chip that I have, and it it is absolutely tiny. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that in my collection I just have a bunch of Apple A series chips just chilling. Just except the A10 Fusion is 16 nanometers, and the and the A12 Bionic is seven. Yeah, like the A12 is less than half the size. And then it's going down to five. Oh my god, five! It's it's crazy, honestly. It it is. It's it's moving. It's still moving so quickly. I mean, we're already talking about obviously five nanometer chips when. The industry standard is still 10, you know? Like, people haven't moved on to 7 yet. Um, like, AMD are famously still sticking with their... They're favoring their 10 and even 12 nanometer processors still. Um, and they aren't... They don't have any plans to move to 7. Yet, TSMC are already talking about 5, potentially. And obviously not this year, but next year. Um, yeah, I guess this is one of the benefits of having Apple as your sole customer. <laughs> Do you remember when the A9 was around in the success and if you had the... There was this TSMC chip and the Samsung chip. Don't. Don't. <laughs> oh, I know which yeah. one I had. Which one was it that made the noise? Was it the Samsung... No, it was Samsung the TSM- one. Yeah. It was the Samsung one. The Samsung one was 14 nanometer and the TSMC one was 16 nanometer. Um, I don't even know what the story was behind that. Did we ever find out? Dual sourcing. Yeah, actually, we do. It's right here on Wikipedia. Um... Yeah, it was that lovely little hissing noise that you would hear sometimes, um, and I do remember hearing it. Now it, it wasn't an issue, but it, you, you don't really want to hear a hissing noise from your from your brand new phone, to be honest. It's weird how they used two two people to make it, but different. I think I th- was that the last time. I think that was the last time. Yes, it is. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. So they from the A10 on, it's all been just TSMC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was such a. That had the potential to be a to be Chipgate. I remember there was apps that that there was an app ecosystem that solely existed to download to check which like which, which uh, SOC you had, whether it was a Samsung or a TSMC one. I remember, um, and I was so gutted to find out mine was Samsung. Sad. Rip, rip indeed. Ah, oh, I really love ARM chips. It's bad. When we get our merch out, we need an ARM chips artwork on a t-shirt oh totally i don't know how we're gonna do it i can't wait mccohen's lightly sorted arm chips or something yeah something like that i'm down for that it can be like a uh... barbecue ranch arm chips oh you oh you know what it can be it can be like um oh hold on so you know andy warhol's campbell campbell soup uh thing i want it to be Mm. like a spoof of that but say like mccohen's um arm chip sauce or something yes it's a good shout actually yes i like it dipping sauce condensed arm chips condensed yeah. that's cool awesome uh we need to get that made up we do yeah. we should probably take some of our merch to wwdc <laughs> stickers at least <laughs> we we need yeah, qr code stickers. stickers oh my god we need qr code stickers to leave around san jose linking to apparently our they're a thing who knew not in the uk they're not we know that the perfect place for us to do that will be San Jose. So we need to get a URL yeah. and stickers made up before we go. I can at least make blue and code ones, but I would love to link to the network. Anyway, I'm definitely going to do blue and code ones. Jesus. Absolutely. So a weird report came out this morning saying that in 
March 2020, the iPhone 8 will be getting an update, a, l- a new 4.7-inch iPhone 8 uh, <laughs> with a A13 chip and uh, a single rear camera, and so just a normal, like the current one does, and 128 gig of base storage, so probably just 128, a bit like the iPad Mini 4 was uh, at the end of its life. Uh, like I said to you this morning, that to me, after the release of the re-release of the iPad Mini and the iPad Air and the MacBook Air and the and the Mac Mini, to me, this is just going to be iPhone SE again. It will be called iPhone SE. They they're not afraid to bring names back at the moment. Probably yeah. not SE two, just SE. Um, I totally it's agree. Truly, what happened with the iPhone SE last time? They took the smallest size and the sort of the model for people who are hanging on to the old design. Um, and they're taking the oldest one and updating it and dropping it. I think the 7 will go away in September uh, when the new phones come along. The 8 will stick around like the 5S did uh, until March when we have our spring keynote. The 8 will be replaced with SE. Um, and then if you really, it'll be the last home button phone. Probably no plus version as well. Um, there'll probably be no more pluses. If you really want a home button phone, the iPhone 8 successor, so the SE, is there. It's better than it was if you bought it yesterday. Um, but this is the last phone we will release with a home button um, and it'll probably stick around for 18 months to two years and then go. Uh, this is so believable. I'm sure the design will be exactly the same as well. Just It's literally the SE again. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I'm, you're right. I can't see anything other than what you said happening. Uh, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, if there's any phone to keep around, the 8 does make the most sense. Um, yeah, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for them, actually. Uh, uh, the SE moniker is is loved. People love that phone. Um, I think reusing it makes sense as well. And it obviously provides fits in the same point in the lineup. Uh, or even given that obviously it, it's not obviously it's bigger. Well, it'll it probably get cheaper as well. Yeah, yeah, for definite. I'm sure it will do. Um, which is better, hopefully, take that give or take £400 price point, I would like. 450 maybe it something will, like that it will probably um, shift down to 449 this year in september or yeah. maybe 499 maybe it'll lose 100 pound because it's 599 at the moment i can see it going down to 499 and the iphone lineup starting at 499 with the iphone that, 8 yeah and then come iphone se in in march it'll probably go back down to maybe like 409 or even 399 yeah that checks out i that makes sense um yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's a good move, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Mm, me I, too. Yeah, I think I think it would tidy up the lineup quite nicely. It's not messy at the moment, but it's a little confusing to explain to people. Um, and I think this would have make a go a long way to sort of smooth everything over a bit. It's a repeat of an old strategy which Apple is doing a lot at the moment, um, but it's it works. It was tried and tested, and it's time for a new iPhone SE, I guess. Uh, yeah. iPhone SE second generation or iPhone SE 2020 versus the 2016 one or 4.7 inch versus the 3.5. There'll be some differentiator. Um, fun fact, the iPad Air, the new one, its official name, because you can do that with 12.2. I'm taking as what it says in the settings about screen as the official name because it like must be, is iPad Air third generation, 10.5 inches. It's not in the name, thank God, because why would you add that confusion? Um, but yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, quick, quick 
quick rant over. This came out, this, this, this broke this evening. Um, there is, hopefully in iOS 13, it sounds like this is a soon thing, there's going to be a massive update to find my iPhone, where it's going to get sort of merged with find my friends. I could just imagine seeing your Apple devices on the maps in their little blobs and then having like my face next to it because you'll be able to see I'm I'm there as well and then I'll be able to like, see you and yeah it's it's I can see this happening uh, but it also sounds like two things they're doing so the tile product uh, which you sort of know how it works better than I do um, it, it, am I right in saying that it, it creates a little little network uh, so it doesn't connect to GPS but if there's another tile nearby connected to a user's phone it will use that location to let you know where it is once it's Precisely. out of range your device uh not once it's out of range only if you activate lost mode so you've got to put it into lost mode um once you do that then whenever it is sort of picked up by anyone else using tile app or that has a tile device that will then as you said sort of create a network where you can sort of locate it obviously that depends entirely upon how many people are using obviously tile it does actually tell you i believe in the app sort of how many people in this area have tile downloaded which is cool um and obviously depending on where you are that changes and uh, fluctuates uh but yeah i think this this could be cool uh i would like to know when i lose my airpods that'd be incredibly useful um yeah so when if you're if you're unfamiliar with tile it is this little key ring or little card like thing that you can put on keys or put in a bag, stick to a device, and lets you track them, basically. Uh, it sounds like Apple are actually going to release their own version of this. Probably ludicrously expensive, but will be probably quite cool. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Um, like what would it look like? God knows. It you could be what? like square I'm with an Apple logo. I'm kind of surprised they haven't just bought Tile. I feel like that's what I'd do. Yeah. I would and just sell, buy Tile. sell the product like they, they sell Beats. Um, Precisely. But it also sound, sounds like that the, the new Find My iPhone app is getting this new Find Network feature so that you can track your phone when it's offline. I don't quite know, and I don't think anyone does, what that means. Will that be like Tile? Because if so, isn't that's pretty cool. It I feel like it'll be a privacy concern, but I guess you'll be able to turn it on and off. But imagine every iPhone in the world, if your lost iPhone that's in airplane mode because someone's stolen it and put it in airplane mode, comes in range of like another iPhone, that other iPhone can report its location back to you. That'd be very cool. Um, and it sounds like that might be something they're, they're considering. That would be cool. Yeah, it would be. Um, and I, I could see that. I think it's been a while since they've sort of touched it. So yeah, might as well. It will uh, be part of Marzipan, it sounds like it. And it will be coming to both the Mac and and the, uh, the uh, iOS devices. I'm just thinking because Find My iPhone and Find My Friends don't currently have like an app on the Mac. They're either built into today view or um, as a widget or you go to iCloud.com to access Find My iPhone. So I could, it's about time that that we get some more. We get a, a Find My Stuff app. On cough, the Mac. cough, Marzipan. Love it. I can't wait to find out what Marzipan's real name will be because we should get that soon. Like in, uh, dub dub, I'd imagine. I wonder what they'll call it. Probably something uninteresting. Yeah, it'll probably be like CrossKit or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or like Universal UI really... Kit. Universal UI Kit. UUI Kit. UTI Kit. UUI Kit. <laughs> uh. Ah, I love it. What if they just call it like um, OS Kit or something? OS Universal. Kit. Nah, that makes or it sound Apple like Kit. a building. Like 
OSs. Um, yeah, we'll see. Apple Kit, man. Well, just just Marzipan Kit. That's it. There you go. Marzipan Kit. Yeah, Marzipan Kit. Market. Marzipan Kit Harrington. <laughs> Marzipan Kit Harrington. Nice. Do you want to know about my iCloud Photo Library? I do desperately. I've been waiting to hear about this all day. And this is this is the part of the show I've been looking forward to the most. Um, so a bit, a bit of context for the ladies and gentlemen. Jack obviously has a, a few Apple products. Um, he also obviously has an iCloud account. Uh, now, one of those Apple products is not on and not using iCloud Photo Library. Uh, and he still actively plugs his iPhone in with a wire. You heard that. A wire uh, into the back of said vintage iMac um, to uh, import the photos. Now, we were having this conversation earlier, and unfortunately we did get cut off, and he did never finish explaining why this is the case. Uh, So, Jack, please take it away. Enlighten me and the ladies and gentlemen out there. So, I never used iCloud Photo Library up until the summer of 2016, when I wanted to downgrade from the iOS 10 beta, and I had to turn it on on my phone, because I was going back to an archived iTunes backup from about a month before. Figured out I wasn't going to lose pretty much anything, but I needed to get the photos across. And up until then, my only form of backup had been either to iCloud or to iTunes, photos-wise. Um, so I turned on iCloud Photo Library because I knew that way I would get the photos back regardless of how far the device backup went back. Um, And then I turned it on on my iPad, which at the time had very few photos, which is crazy to think. And on my MacBook Air at the time, which is now a MacBook Pro, um, so they all sync up and they have about 20,000 photos in there now. At the time it was about 2,000. So I've got two very big libraries. And that goes back to sort of well, the oldest photo in it, I think, is 2009, but what I'd been doing up until 2016 is deleting, importing the lots from my iMac uh, and then deleting some. So up until where I turned on iCloud Photo Library in the summer of 16, it's very patchy. Like, there's probably a couple hundred from 09 to 16 and then thousands since uh, because I just don't delete anything anymore because it goes up into the cloud. But I also, every couple of months, maybe six to eight weeks, I plug my iPhone into my iMac and still import all the photos to the iMac. And the iMac's got probably about somewhere between 60 and 100,000 photos. Going back to 2001, and these were like taken from photo libraries on PCs before Macs and things. Um, and this is completely cut off of iCloud, and it's every photo I got. Reasons for this are, I would be devastated if I turn on iCloud, and iCloud does some batshit syncing and like duplicates things, or jumbles things up, or, God forbid, it does one of those things where it, like, keeps them up in the cloud and then says to the Mac, no, no, you can't have this. Display an exclamation mark for no apparent reason. I'm keeping this for myself. Uh, I just... iCloud Photo Library is solid. Really solid. But we see, ever so often, very rarely, usually it's user error, but occasionally there are just inexplicable bugs. And while they exist, no matter how infrequent, while they exist, I don't want it touching my precious photo library. That photo library gets backed up to uh, my time machine disk and I have a reminder on my phone that goes off every six months to make another backup to a completely separate external hard drive that sits in a drawer 
And I'm even thinking about doing another one, encrypting it and leaving it at my like grandma's house so that if the house burns down or something, I have the photo library. I'm that like precious about it. I can't risk iCloud touching it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with iCloud. I'm not one of those freaks. Uh, but it's even it's there are slight bugs and even the slightest bug is too buggy for my photo library. So I keep it detached. And that is that is why. That's fair enough. I will grant you that we do see the worst possible scenarios on a daily basis, and it certainly does steal us, I suppose, against the uh, the the, uh, the very real possibility that iCloud will just f*** with you for no reason. And, uh, oh, there you go. Um, so, I, I get that. That's fair enough. Um, I mean, I'd I... love to have it on. Yeah. I, I I think the thing for me is obviously that I've always just had iCloud Photo Library on from the start, and it's simple, and thus far I haven't had any problems. Uh, there was I remember a couple years ago when I changed over one phone, uh, it decided that it would make it would duplicate some of my live photos and make them three second videos. That was fun, and there are still lots of three second videos in my photo library which I have yet to be bothered oh, to brilliant. clear out. Yeah. Um, the good thing is, is that the live photos are still there, so it hasn't just destroyed them and turned them into three-second videos for some reason. Um, but I just haven't gone through and deleted them, and it's been on my uh, to-do list for about two and a half years now. Um, I have yet to get around to it. Um, and then they all back up to an external hard drive via Time Machine, uh, obviously on my Mac as well. So they are on there. I don't have any secondary backups. Oh, you downloading? Oh yeah, to the iMac somewhere. I do. Yeah. Um, but that's the only one. I've got the space, why not? Um, well, I, I pay for the two terabyte iCloud storage, so I could do it, and it'd be another backup. But I just am terrified of turning it on, basically. And it's a bit like how iCloud Music Library has somewhat messed up my iTunes library. I don't care as much, but <laughs> there have been lots of weird metadata mess-ups of what was previously a very well-kept iTunes library. And if that sort of thing happened to my photo library, I would care. So I just don't want to risk it. It's it's one of the last relics of my sort of pre-iCloud era use of Apple devices. Like, this is how I used to do it. And when I started getting them, iCloud didn't exist and photo library didn't exist. And it's one of the last things. Like, it took me ages to even back my phone up to iCloud. Like, I do it now. I have done for two, three years. But, yeah. It's it's one of the last things that I, I'm stuck in the old way of doing things. And I, I really don't want to change it yet. But yeah, that's that's that. Oh, you are your father's son. I know, right? I'll become more like him the older I get. Every every day you you just you become a little more Richard. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, that, that that's fair enough. Um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I can't reiterate how many, like, times we've just seen someone lose their baby photos. And it's just like, yeah, well, you're a bit of a moron. You should have backed them up. That's what it comes down to. But at the same time, when you're talking about, I mean, I've got about 10,000 photos, you've got about 20. When you're talking about that many photos, if you get duplicates, oh my god. You know, it, it, it becomes such an ordeal at that point. You know, if you're only talking about a few hundred or even a thousand, then it's kind of manageable. But you're talking about ten, twenty thousand, 
it then becomes an issue if something goes wrong. Even if you don't lose photos, even if it is, you know, you get duplicates or all your live videos for some reason get duplicated into three second videos for some random reason. Um, that can become an issue, which sucks. And there's no going back with obviously with 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 cloud with with the with the era of cloud that we live in. Cloud cloud don't go back, you know. Like there's no there's there's no there's no command Z. And very little troubleshooting is available to you. <laughs> so very good little. luck. Yeah, good luck sorting it out by yourself. Uh, yeah, or, or finding anyone else, else to help to you sort it out. Yeah. Like we're just like monkeys with, with, with tools bashing at the cloud whenever we try and do anything with it. It's just oh, let's try and turning it off and on again. That's pretty much the extent of what you can do with the cloud. Yep. Oh dear. It's just it's like varying degrees of, of, of turning it off and on. Whether it's like taking all the photos out of a library, putting them back in again, basically the same as just turning it off and on again. But yeah, no, it's it, that's my reasoning. And there you go. Yeah, you have your answer. That's and fair I enough. That, I was uh, hoping it would be more rational, to be honest. No, it's actually really rational. Um, I was. It's very grounded. Yeah, that that is that. That is why. Um, anyway, I think I think that just about does it for this uh, this this instalment, uh, episode fourteen. I now have to go away and edit this and then get it uploaded before I go to Nevada. Nevada? Uh, but yeah. Yeah, nice. So I've got to get this done. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show directly, you can uh, send us over a little email. Uh, if you want to do that, you can use or a big uh, one. Uh, the email address. Type as yeah, much as you like. One. Uh Add some attachments. Yeah, go for it. Give us some some photos. We haven't actually received an email yet, so we're not we'd supposed like to say that. Uh, You've got to lead uh... with like the assumption that we're like we are swamped. The only reason we haven't started a blue ink ask segment yet, or blue ink answers, I think would be a better name for it, is uh, because we just don't have the time. It's not because no one's ever written in. Yeah, that. Um... <laughs> If you want to write into this severely oversubscribed email address, so don't be too offended if we don't get through to you, uh, through to your one, because uh, it'll just probably get put to the bottom of the pile. Uh, you it's can use pile. podcast at blueinkcode.com. Make my day. Send us, add to the pile. Make my day. Uh, it would if actually you want make to find both the show notes this week, it, it would. We'd be ecstatic. So if you want to find the show notes or links to other things you may have discussed in the show, you can find them at blueinkcode.com forward slash T-B-I-S forward slash 14. You should be able to see them in your podcast player. Uh, I've been Jack Taylor and I write blueinkcode.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter uh, doing the Instaring and the Tweetering uh, at AjackTaylor. Uh, so that's at AJC. Uh, I'm not doing that again. I did that last week. As always, I've been joined by my co-host, Lex McCohen, and you can find him on Instagram or Twitter as at amcohen. And we will see you in May, in two weeks' time. Wow, it's May, everybody. Getting dangerously close to Dub Dub. Then it's my birthday. Oh, yeah, and then we'll have to arrange things around then. We'll see you in May, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye.